recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to Beer Me, not broadcasting live from the Line Hotel, unfortunately, um, because of current situations, we are broadcasting from my uh, kitchen. Um, given the current circumstances here on Beer Me, we're going to try to keep up with uh, somewhat of a regular show release, but we'll do the best we can, just like everybody else is doing the best we can. Uh, but for those of you new to the show, um, the idea behind the show is to have different guests from different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators, and this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. So whether you are new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So today I am really excited uh, to be sitting down and talking with Jackie Hannon. Uh, she is responsible for on-premise key accounts for the northern U.S. for Bell's Brewery. Now, for those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis, you know my love uh, and respect for Bell's Brewery. Uh, during my time as general manager at Birch and Barley Church Key, it basically fueled uh, my staff for post-shift um, uh, shift drinks. Uh, it was always between uh, Bell's Brewery uh, Two-Hearted Ale and Schlafly Kolsch. Um, we have waxed poetically on the show about a uh, two-hearted ale, a regular of the show, Grant Vaughn, who's come on a handful of times recently posted on Friday. If you drink one beer for the rest of your life, why would it be Bell's two-hearted? So I am very excited to, um, speak with somebody from Bell's Brewery. So Jackie, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. I am very excited to be here. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Beer Me and of you, Sarah Jane, specifically. So I am excited to get to uh, spend time chatting. So the whole reason why, I mean, of course, I wanted to bring you on the show because I love Bell's Brewery. But also, you and I recently did a beer dinner, um, but a virtual beer dinner uh, that you hosted. This was your idea, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about Bell's Brewery in general. Um, for people who maybe aren't familiar, this is a brewery out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, started kind of in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jackie, can you talk a little bit about Bell's and then, you know, kind of what your response has been to this pandemic and what are some changes you all have had to make? So um, Bell's Brewery is, you know, before I worked for Bell's, it was one of those breweries that I respected on such a high level for having beginnings in the beginning of that stage of craft beer. You know, Larry started with a homebrew shop and then uh, really started Bell's out of a soup pot that hangs in 
our 50 barrel um, brewery today, which is amazing to realize that not only did it start there, but that we're still an independent brewery uh, with about 600 employees today, uh, spread across the country in all different ways. Um, one of the things that really drew me to Bell's was their list of core values. So we talk about this sometimes, but I don't think enough. Um, safety, quality, respect, and responsibility are the tenants at Bell's. And really being part of a brewery that has those tenants as the premise while you're dealing with COVID-19 is um, comforting, refreshing, all of those things. I think the entire industry has been placed in a panic. Um, and yes, our business has changed. You know, um, a third of our business at Bell's was draft beer. And my job at Bell's <laughs> is dealing with folks in the on-premise and in chains. So um, there has been this shift in responsibilities for some, but everyone is taking up the course. So the people that are normally on the draft line might be working the can line because there's so much more uh, beer going out in those ways. And we're still the same company and that they're making sure their employees are okay. We get a daily update from senior leadership, even on the weekends, what's happening on the national front, what's happening at Bell's. We all got hand sanitizer sent to us in the mail. There's a sewing circle making masks. Our wellness department is still sending out videos to us and we can do at-home workouts. And there's a lot of mental health checks involved with our staff um, and really putting out in the marketing message, you know, how to stay inspired and, and not only spending time talking to the employees, but spending time working with distributors and retailer partners to figure out what we can do to be most helpful. And then staying in touch with the consumer that needs a little sunshine and maybe an Oberon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wonderful. You know, we've talked on this show a lot about, you know, building a culture and how vital it is for any kind of establishment, but especially breweries. Um, and, you know, really taking the time to define those values. And it sounds like, you know, those values are not only defined, but they're actually practiced. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really great to hear that they're being so responsible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not in Kalamazoo, I'm up in Syracuse, New York, so I can't speak as much to what's happening at the brewery, but um, knowing originally what we've always done for safety and respect and responsibility at the brewery and knowing that, you know, door handles are coming off so people aren't opening as many doors and they're limiting access and and really taking this incredibly responsibly. Um, and the fact that our brewery has an entire safety team um, makes us some of the lucky ones, right? Yeah, no, and the fact that you take that so seriously, you know, I know the Brewers Association, I think it was last year, did a huge push about brewery safety um, and brewing safety. And, you know, I think... It, when you're a young brewery, it's 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 easy to take shortcuts or, you know, you know, trying to get things done as quickly as possible. And, you know, those little extra steps and that little extra effort really makes a huge it can be life or death. You know, a brewery is wonderful, but it also can be a very dangerous place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and a little shout out to the Brewers Association. They made all of those uh, resources available for free. Um, so anybody's able to get those safety resources. So 
tangent, but <laughs> keep shouting them out because they just put Craft Brewers Conference online and for free to everyone. And we're using um, some of the resources uh, such as how to shut down draft lines properly. And in a more positive vein, they just put out uh, recommendations for how to open draft lines. And we're trying to be a conduit to the retailers that need that. But they're you know, working incredibly hard with committees all over the country and potentially world, getting that information to all of us. So they deserve that shout out and kudos for sure. Yeah, no, I was such a sad panda. You know, I was putting together that next week I would have been in San Antonio for Craft Brewers Conference. And um, then I got that email earlier this week or maybe on Friday, you know, the days blend together. But um, I got that email from the Brewers Association like, hey, check out all this um, content that was going to be at Craft Brewers Conference. You know, you can do it online. You can, you know, register and see it live or we're going to have it recorded and posted. And I was just like little tears in my eyes like, oh, we still get to do it. You know, it's different, but the information's still there. So yeah, I can't, you know, I can't give enough kudos to the Brewers Association. So that's, that makes me very happy. Um, Speaking of sunshine though, I want to get back to the beer dinner that you put together. So you, you sent me this email uh, a little while back and you said, Hey, do you want to join on this virtual beer dinner? Now, bear in mind, I have attended countless beer dinners. I have organized beer dinners. I have run beer dinners and beer brunches that still haunt me. Um, <laughs> and even in the best circumstances, like sometimes they're always a little bit of a clusterfuck, right? Oh like my God. You're, you're, you're organizing like a kitchen. You're trying to get a chef to cook <laughs> for beer. And, you know, sometimes you strike lucky, but not so much. And then you've got all these people and there's always like a mix of like industry and not industry. And then you've got servers and you know, you're trying to organize this thing. And like, no matter what, even in the best situation, there's like never like the perfect, perfect beer dinner. And then you come along and say, Hey, let's do it virtually. Let's do this with home cooks. Let's do this with recipes that you make at home. Let's do this with like kind of beer guidelines in my head. I was like, Oh brother. All right, I'll do this. But in my head, I was like, there's no way this is going to work. And spoiler, it was Awesome. It was probably the most flawless beer dinner I've ever been to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write that kudos down somewhere for later. Thank you so much. Because it didn't feel like it from my side, right? It never does. But it was was great. So basically, so you sent out um, this, you know, kind of like course by course. So, and then also like all the recipes and the beer suggestions. So you had like a light salad with a citrus vinaigrette and you paired that with an American wheat ale. Um... And then here you you fill in you fill in the rest here. I don't want to. Yeah, no, that. absolutely. So then the next course uh, that we did was a rotisserie chicken, and that was served with a recipe that's on the Bell's Brewery site um, with using amber beer in a mustard barbecue. And mm-hmm. then we did the curried chickpeas with rice, which ended up being a fan favorite. Um, with an American style IPA. And and I have to say, when I was putting this together, I spent so much time thinking about um, empty shelves in grocery stores right now. So we had kind of all of these additional roadblocks that I wanted to think about. I didn't want everyone to um, get to their store and not be able to find something 
or find that the recipes, although I found simple recipes were intimidating. So I made sure that I used ingredients that if they didn't feel like making that mustard barbecue sauce, they could buy one. If they didn't feel like making the curry sauce I sent, they could buy it. I don't think even with the most intense pantry loading that we're going to be out of chickpeas. Uh (laughs) No, I cleaned out my pantry the other day and I found more chickpeas. I was like, what the actual hell? (laughs) Making sure we did things like that. And then for our last course, keeping it simple and, and letting people get as excited as they wanted, but just pick up a dark chocolate bar to go with some form of Lambic or Creek, you know, framboise, something of that sort. So simple recipes that didn't have people standing in their kitchen, like stressing out while they were trying to enjoy a beer dinner, because, you know, we're used to having the chef who can, that can always be a dichotomy and conversations about what goes with what and flavor profiles and whatever, but there's someone prepping it and then there's servers serving it. And uh, everyone at our virtual beer dinner was, was the guest, the server and the chef. Yeah. I, you know, it was interesting. I got like a little stressed out, like at the end, like towards the time, because like my hyper like OCD and service thing kicked in. And I was like, ah, oh, my cloth napkin isn't ironed and my glasses <laughs> aren't polished. Everything's wrong. And I was, <laughs> it's like, you know, that base part of normalcy that's like completely ruined during this time. It's the little things that like throw you off into a spiral. Oh, um, yeah. So my husband had to be like, yeah, nobody's here. Nobody cares. <laughs> but I do have to say that you get the award for best set table. Your table looked gorgeous and you had all of the proper glassware. I um, I have my house and then I have a rental property and that rental property, the kids always joke around, gets all the good stuff, but it also gets all the beer glasses. So I'm, I was hodgepodging beer glasses together right at the end um, in my computer. Uh, it wouldn't. You you all couldn't hear or see me, so I had to quickly switch to my phone, but leave my computer up so I could see more people. So, you know, if there's anything we can think about with that is, yeah, everyone might stress a little bit right beforehand, but, um, and things will go wrong just as if you were hosting a beer dinner in a restaurant or a bar or anywhere, and you just, you know, let the show go on, honestly, and have fun with it. Yeah, no, and it was kind of cool, like, It was really great because you managed to put together a collection of people that I don't think would have ever met in any other circumstance. (laughs) Um, And I think that's the beauty of beer dinners, right? And that's what you mentioned during the beer dinners is that you always have this collection of people that are brought together by beer. Like not everybody was industry and that's a good thing, right? Because if you get too many industry people in one room, it's it's really boring conversation because all we do is talk about the industry. Um, (laughs) So it was, it was a really great mix of people. Um, For me, you know, one of the things that I love about craft beer specifically is that it does bring together an eclectic group of people and everyone from the nerdiest beer nerd to someone that is trying, you know, an IPA for the first time. And our industry, craft beer, is so patient with everyone and leaves room for everyone at that table. Um, so for me to get to have my friends that are just starting to geek out on beer in the same room as one of the most talented brewery owners, in the same room as Cicerones, in the same room as people that have been running restaurants for 40 years or just started was awesome, right? It was kind of cool because you could see a couple 
like facial expressions, especially when like you take that sip of beer and that bite of food, like you could see those like beer aha moments, like, oh, wow, this does pair like really well. And um, like to be able to see that, especially during this time, it was like a great little heart warmer. I was just like, oh, they're having a beer moment. <laughs> In like a non-condescending way. I was like really genuinely very excited. No, it's awesome to watch people react to beer. And and here's the thing, you know, we're all doing things differently and so many things are available to us online, but this personal connection, getting to have this personal connection, we laughed so much that night, not just mm-hmm. one or two, but the entire group came away from that laughing and learning, right? There was learning for every one of us in that call. And you, um, you know, you took a you took a few minutes to explain the pairing, and I loved your explanations because you know, for beer donors, I've been to beer donors before where whoever paired the beer like waxes poetically about these pairings forever, and then you're like, "Cool, brah, my meal is cold." <laughs> um, so, like, you know, you you had like kind of the perfect little like, this is why they pair, and then it was cool because you know beer distribution is what it is and beer availability is what it is right now. So everyone kind of had to get a little creative, like, all right, I don't have this exact American wheat ale, but I can get this. And so there was like a cool rainbow of different, you know, different breweries and different beers represented. Well, and getting to talk about the differences. So we kind of had everyone put up their beer uh, when we were we were toasting and talking through things. So I gave a simple explanation of the beer and the profile it had and why we paired it the way that we did. And some of them was, you know, cut and contrast and complement all the things we talk about and matching intensities, but really getting into some sub layers. But simply, again, because when you host a beer dinner, whether it's virtually or in person, you have all of that, you know, rainbow of spectrum in the room. Um, so I think one of the first questions that came up was what is the difference between, um, a Belgian style wheat and an American wheat? And Mm -hmm. it was like every single guest in a restaurant for the 20 years that I was in restaurants at that very moment must have just laughed and giggled that I had just stuck the largest forkful of salad in my mouth. And it was from a non-beer professional. And what a great time to talk about that and talk about the pairing, but while everyone was eating their salad. So we didn't have huge breaks of silence, but it definitely wasn't me talking the whole time. We all participated. Yeah, it was, it it was so nice. Um, And the other thing that I really enjoyed about it. And the other thing that I was so impressed is people got really creative with like kind of how, they flowed the meal. I, I forget who it was, but somebody had like their kids serving the food. So yeah. yeah. Who was that again? That was Nicole and Jeremy and they made it a date night and the girls, um, the girls served their dinner for them. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was like, it was really cool to see how people made it an event. Um, you know, there's a, there are a couple articles out there. I think there's one on Eater basically talking about how to, you know, for the sake of your sanity, make um, eating at home every day less monotonous, make it more of an event, you know, light some candles, you know, put on some music, you know, make it more of a ritual. Um, and as somebody who has spent most of her professional career in restaurants, that ritual is is something that's very sacred to me. So kind of watching different people, you know, make their space, 
you know, that escape or make that space special was really cool to see as well. It was so fun to see, you know, everyone the way they prepped it. And that does go back to the menu a little bit. When I sent out the instructions to everyone, I kind of added ways for them to prep ahead of time and have it ready, whether it was warming or things like that, and come up with food that could sit for a minute so that everyone could interact um, and could get to enjoy just the process of having four courses. I mean, we're not probably doing a lot of four course meals at home, right? Yeah. No, it was, it was really well done. So it was funny. I had a couple texts. I'd, I'd posted it um, that night on Instagram and okay. I got a couple texts from different uh, brewers and a couple different people who work at local breweries. And somebody actually texted, I'm so mad. I haven't thought of this yet. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think you're going to, I think, especially in the DC area, there's going to be some other ones popping up. So <laughs> any, uh, any advice to people uh, doing their own virtual beer dinner? Yeah. So um, first I have to give credit. There's a, a, this amazing, brilliant woman named Erica Vitkin, who we were doing a meeting and she mentioned that she was doing a virtual beer dinner. She was doing it with people from her gym locally in uh, near Kalamazoo. And so she dropped off mixed six packs to everyone and they did more of a charcuterie style. So I would say, you know, first and foremost, have fun with it. Second, be prepared. Try to make it as easy for people as possible. I made a shopping list um, in order, right? Like here's your produce, here's your meat, here's your dairy. Um, and I, I made it look like you were going to sit down at a table uh, for a beer dinner with a full menu, you know, kind of written out nicely um, so that we could have that gigantic experience together and make it special. So make it special. Do pay attention to what availability is. Um, I would say, depending upon where you're doing it, what's availability in your region, um, because you'll know more specifically, I was dealing with folks and this is one of the benefits to what we did. Uh, we had people tapping in from Massachusetts, Michigan, New York, North Carolina, and Virginia, I think. Um, so that was awesome in itself, but you want to be aware of what you're asking people to do in order to join in on this together. Um, we have taken this with the couple of us that have done them now at Bell's. And we have put together this kind of packet of information for our on-premise partners uh, with an off, on and off-premise partners. I had a grocery store chain reach out this morning saying they want to do a beer dinner. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but we put together a, a, a list of resources on, you know, this schematic to build a menu and ways to promote it and how to be a Facebook co-host. So find partners to work with. Um, if it is a local brewery, I was just chatting with one of my friends from up north that owns a brewery. We talked about them having a local pizza shop make a pizza that is divided with toppings and oh, then doing so cool. right, doing a mixed four pack with that. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a beer store locally, um, one of my favorite pairings is a junk food pairing. So yeah. you can work with a local bottle shop or local beer shop um, and have them you know, a lot of them tend to have really cool snacks and things like that. So put together a junk food pairing that they can purchase. They can walk out the door with it. Um, if you're a brewery that is serving food or if you're a brewery that's near a restaurant, work together to put, to, um, to put together a meal that you have paired still with that chef. There's still a chef there and they want to do something with you. 
Um, so you can do those kind of things. Now, if you're doing it at home, then maybe you are working with a, a grocery store that you have locally and, and working with their butcher. The butcher knows what they have. And, you know, we've been experimenting with things like pork shank. There is nothing quite as delicious as a braised pork shank, I've decided. Um, and not everyone's running out to get the pork shank, just like they're not running out to get the chickpeas. So take this as a time to experiment with some foods, just try to keep the actual recipe and process simple. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. And thank you for kind of taking us through the tips, tips and tricks for the, I love that pizza idea. That's so great. How fun would that be, right? Yeah. Get a four <laughs> and a four mix pack. That's so, that's so easy to execute. So yeah. And you can have them, you know, you order from the brewery and you do your drive by your curbside pickup. So many breweries are doing that. And you grab your pizza or, you know, if you're a larger brewery like ours is, you know, you you partner with an on-premise retailer that you work with and you offer the same thing with that mix pack. It's just this crisis has allowed us to shine a light on our creativity Mm -hmm. um, and has forced us to find a way to connect. And, you know, I am passionate about craft beer. I think we figured that one out, right? With what I do for a living and, and yeah. <laughs> my free time. But one of my favorite parts about craft beer is the dance between craft beer and food. And, you know, if, if we've done it right, then you are the best dance partner because each of them makes the other one better. No one overwhelms the other one. No one is, you know, overshadowed. There's just this beautiful dance between the two when they're paired properly and we can experience that in a restaurant. We can experience that with a potato chip. We can experience it with a piece of, you know, pizza, some cheese. So I know that you were on when we were all talking and I asked the group if everybody wanted to do it again. And there was an overwhelming yes, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So what do we do next time? And everyone picked charcuterie and cheese for the next one that we do. But, you know, and we'll do them. We'll do that one in a couple of weeks, but try to try to find that creativity that you use when you talk about, you know, doing Girl Scout cookie pairings or all of those things. If you're in the industry, you use this creativity consistently, but right now it's, it's, um, it's really easy to fall into that fear mindset where we're just trying to figure out, you know, am I going to be open tomorrow? What's going to happen for us tomorrow? What's happening with my employees? Um, I just did a talk the other day about, you know, if you're afraid of this virtual beer dinner and you're, you don't know what to do for a first step, gather your employees together and do a virtual shift drink. Yeah. Hang out, have a good time, gather, you know, we were doing all these Zoom happy hours and stuff. So for us as individuals, I think we're looking for that next step. I don't, you know, we can all get overwhelmed by our, our the number of Zoom happy hours and things like that. But why not get your staff together and have one and everyone you know, my boss makes us wear our favorite hat or our favorite t-shirt this week is our favorite glass, right? Um, so that you're staying in touch with the employees in the industry um, and then with your consumers or your guests and then with the general public. So this is just one creative way to do that. That's where it really came from. And because I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun and I really appreciate you and in including me. Um, I will set the record straight though. My vote was the lone junk food vote. I know. <laughs> you did. You did. And I want to do that again so badly. So um, maybe we'll have to get a group of people together, the you and I, and we'll do a junk food one. Um, 
because it's a blast. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. And I, I love talking about beer and food and, and getting to spend time together. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, and listeners out there, thank you so much for um, tuning in. I hope you appreciated this. And I hope you can do some uh, virtual beer dinners on your own or virtual beer tastings or virtual beer study groups or whatever makes you happy and relaxed during this time. And hopefully you'll be hearing from us soon. Cheers. Cheers.